Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. You can be seated. I want to welcome you to Venture. If today is your first or second time, thank you so much for being here. My name is Sean Olson. I I get to be the pastor here. I think they drew straws one Sunday, and I came up the winner, so they let me do this. Here's what I ask if you're a first or second time visitor. Fill out that connection card in your green folder or your worship guide. Hand it in. Here's my hassle-free guarantee. We will not show up at your house unannounced. We ain't that kind of people. We will not put you on a telemarketer list because nobody likes that anyway. You know you're in the middle of dinner like, hey, do you have a security system? No, I don't need one either. All right? We won't do that to you. Uh, What you can do for us, stop by the VIP tent on your way out. Let us give you a gift and answer any questions that you had from service today. We like to have some fun, right? Man, church is supposed to be a good time. I hope when when the band is up here and I have to reinforce this stage for them, y'all. Like every Sunday, we have, there is ratchet straps underneath this stage holding it together because they move. Like they made it a challenge to keep them safe. We do our very best. So if one Sunday you're here and they fall through, you know I failed at my job, okay? Uh, man, church is supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be fun. I grew up in church and my coloring book was the highlight of my Sunday. Where's some people that grew up in church with some crayons? You know what I'm saying? You got a red, green, and blue crown and that was church. Uh, and mom pinching you if you were too loud. Uh, that, was, that was church, but it's supposed to be a good time. Over the next few weeks, I am so excited about the content. I am a huge believer in our thoughts, man, in, in our mind games. Man, I, I, I struggled with insomnia for years. My mind would just race, like go nuts about things that were completely irrelevant. I mean, even back to Uh, Being a kid, I remember my mind would just go crazy. I remember Christmas Eve, my brother would be trying to sleep, and I'd be like, what do you think's on the tree? What do you think's on the tree? Like, is there presents? How many presents are there? He's like, just shut up! And I'm like, I can't sleep. He's like, I remember one one year as as like five to seven, that super young age, my my brother literally looking me in the eye, holding me by the face, going, just pretend you're asleep then. Because I couldn't sleep. And he's like, just pretend you're asleep. I'm not even good at that. Uh, Our minds dictate so much. For years I've had this statement that I think is so true, and if you're a note taker or like a life mantra type person, this is a great statement. Every decision leads to a destination. It is one of my life statements. Every decision leads to a destination. Here's my question that backs that one up today. What are the thoughts that dictate your decisions? Change your thinking, change your life. Change your thinking, change your life. That's the whole concept for the next few weeks we're going to talk about. Change your thinking, change your life. So much of our battleground is up here. Come on, somebody, up here. We play play mind games with ourselves. We play mind games with what other people say about it. They don't even know your name, but you're convinced they're talking about you. Like, they don't even know that you, you're convinced they're talking bad about it. But then I look back, and it wasn't always like that. In fact... Look at what he says in Romans chapter 7. I'm only going to read the first verse on the screen. Verse 15, he says, I do not understand what I do. 
Somebody doesn't understand what their kids do. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. How many of us, that, that sums us up right there. Like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Like, I know what I should be doing, and I'm not doing that. I know what I should be wanting, and I'm not wanting that. Like, the things I know I should be doing, yeah, I don't do that. The things I know I shouldn't be doing, yeah, I'm doing those things. I know what I should be wanting, yeah, I don't do that. Come on, you go to the buffet. Mm. You go to the restaurant. I had this conversation with somebody the other night. They said, yeah, I went out for wings, and they asked me, do you want it crispy or fried? And they looked and said, I should say, or, do you want grilled or crispy? And I should say crispy, but I mean, should say grilled, but I'm going to say crispy. I know what I should want, but what I really want. You know, like, you, you go somewhere like, I know what I should be doing, but I know what I'm doing. I hate what I'm doing, but I know, I know what I should be doing. We play these these mind games, and then, then towards the end, Paul gets it, but what's the secret sauce? What was the key to victory? And, and I'm going to sum it up in one statement, and this is kind of my, my, my statement for today. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this, as for though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Divine power. Come on, let's go back to some more power. <laughs> Come on, Tim the Toolman Taylor. You're old if you know that show, by the way. <laughs> you remember my dude, you never saw his face, but you see his eyes? That's creepy. Come on, that whole show, it had, it had but... More power, right? Uh, that word power, dunamis, is where we get our word dynamite, where my pyro's at. Dude, you grow up, you just wanted to play with, with, with fireworks 365 days a year to see if you could blow something up. I mean, if you grew up, you put stuff like in a can, like, we'll see how big of an explosion we can get. I'm lucky I have all 10 fingers. Let's just call it like that. I grew up with brothers. If you raise girls, you don't know how good you have it. Like, for real, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Somebody saying false in this house. <laughs> See, welcome to Venture, real church, y'all. <laughs> oh, it should be fun, right? I mean, we, it's a miracle me and Shane have all of our fingers, for real. Like, dynamite. The, the, the Bible gives us this mind picture, this mental picture, that we're not just supposed to break it down a little bit. Sometimes we go at, at Satan's strongholds with like a regular household hammer. It's going to come down. You're going to be, not going anywhere for a while, grab a Snickers, because you're going to stay there all day. Like, so, no, we're supposed to blow that junk up. Amen. Blow it up. And the, the word stronghold literally means fortified prison. So the stronghold we have is this prison of deception built on Satan's lies. We ain't supposed to break it down. We're supposed to blow it up. So I'm going to read that again for you. We On the contrary, blow that junk up. That's the end of it, just so you know. That's the Sean version, right? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, blow that joker up. We have these fortified prisons of deception that Satan builds with lies individual to each and every one of us. Your lies are different than my lies, but they hold you, they hold you hostage. Your lies are individual to your life, your story, yet they hold you hostage. And what happens is we don't tell anybody the lies that Satan tells to us because we're, we're, they're littered with shame. 
Shame is the top level. So we can't get out because of the shame of the lie that we live in. And each and every one of us has this prison of lies that we live in. Maybe yours starts with, you can't. You can't do that because you'll never, because you will always be. What is that prison of lie that we live in that runs laps in our brain? I mean, it's on overdrive. When you lay down, see, in my world, Angela goes to sleep like that. Like, she's like, all right, good night. What just happened? You didn't even get good night out and you asleep. And I'm laying there for like the next 45 minutes going. Yeah, and my mind. When you're driving in the car and you're all alone and you're, you're hoping somebody will call you so you can break the mental silence. Hello. You're hoping your favorite song will come on so to break the thought of the, that's going on in your head. What is that prison of lies that you sit in? For me, I'll be honest. I never felt like I was good enough. You see, I have two siblings. My younger sister, Kristen, she leads VC Kids. They're killing it today. Green shirts everywhere. By the way, y'all, I don't think she, VC Kids has their Ego meter, not like Ego waffles, by the way. Those would be really good. Um, not like, egg, like eggs for an Easter egg hunt. We're going to have an Easter egg hunt right after our Easter service, but they need our help. They need some eggs, like 5,000 of them jokers stuffed, ready to go. I need you to bring some eggs in, because if we get 5,000 eggs, she dyeing her hair hot pink. She, do, she doesn't know it but she gonna do it, all right? So I need you to bring in some eggs, fill them up, VC kids. I have my, my younger sister, my older brother, he was here with us Christmas Eve. He leads Decibel Church across the river in Beaufort. Shane, my older brother, is one of those dudes that's just naturally good at everything. Like, everything. He was always better than me. He played high school football. He was the starting receiver at a 5A school in Texas. Everybody knew him. I got cut in the seventh grade from football. Like, you're not even supposed to be able to be cut in the seventh grade. It's supposed to make you, you're supposed to get a participant ribbon in the seventh grade. I got cut in the seventh grade. How unathletic do you have to be to get cut from seventh grade football? Like, Shane's good at everything. I, I can't even play football in the seventh grade. Then we would do other things. I mean, Shane's so good, he goes out and plays paintball, like a game where literally you go and shoot at each other. Somehow he winds up playing professional. How does that even happen? Is there even such thing as professionals shoot each other with paint? Like, how does that exist? What kind of world do we live in? But Shane was good at it. And everything, he was always just a little bit better than me. Then we would do ministry stuff. And when we grew up, uh, there were these things like public speaking competitions and music competitions. And we would do those together and guess who would win? Shane! My goodness, he was good at everything. And I always felt like I was just never quite good enough. Then I had those incredible words of life spoken to me by my first pastor, other than my dad, who looks at me, sits me down, and says, guess what, Sean? We're gonna find a new youth pastor. This is my first job in ministry because you're not a very good one. In fact, you'll never be a good pastor. Yeah, thanks for that, buddy. I feel great about myself. I never felt like I was good enough, but get this, my life moves in the direction of my strongest thought. And I may not be good enough. And this is what I've come to realize. I'm probably not good enough, and I can't do it on my own, but in him, I can. In him, I will. In him, I am more than enough. I, I sit over here every Sunday 
and I listen to you guys worship, and it sounds incredible, and I stand in the back, and someone looked at me and goes, this is incredible. I was like, you have no idea they showed up again. I should think of something to say real quick. Right? Like, I, I feel like I don't know what I have in myself to offer you, and the fact is I have nothing to offer you, but in him, I have everything to offer you. In him, you have it. See, and you're clapping because of my story. I'm clapping because of yours. We all get locked in this prison of lies that we believe. I can't do that. I'm only as as visible as my latest failure. I've already screwed up my story. Come on, man. Your failure is not bigger than his grace. Stop that lie. Stop it. Come on, we get bound by a deceitful liar that holds us in this fortified prison. And we believe it. And we believe it. But I have have two tracks that I can choose of my thought process because my life is moving in the direction of the strongest thought. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments. And every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Jesus. We have to take every thought captive. Why? Because the life you have is a reflection of the thoughts you think. The life you have is a reflection of the thoughts you think. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Proverbs says they are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but... They don't mean it. If you think it, you probably are. If you always think you're a victim, you'll always be the victim. You ever, you ever see that person? Like, well, I just got fired from my job. I didn't show up in three days, but they fired me. I don't know, well, I don't know why it's not my fault. You didn't go to work. It is your fault. No, no, I, they, they were just out to get me. If you think you're the victim, you will always be the victim. And you will never be victorious. You're robbing your victory because you've convinced yourself you're a victim. If you think you broke, you're always going to be broke. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm broke. I ain't got no money. Go back to point A. Get the job and keep the job, man. (laughs) See, that's free life advice, (laughs) y'all. Now, you think you're out of shape and you'll always be out of shape. You'll always be out of shape. It's just the way I am. Most of life's battles are won and lost in the mind. I train athletes, and it's one of my my favorite things to do, and I tell everybody, if you think you can't, you won't. If you think you can't, don't try. I was was coaching an athlete on a competitive workout the other day, and he's like, man, I don't even know why I should do this. He said, if you go in with that mindset, don't. Save yourself the trouble, don't, because you're going to walk away as a failure. If you think you can't, you won't. Most of life's battles are won and lost in the mind. You wake up tomorrow and you're like, man, it's going to be a terrible week. Congratulations, it's going to be a terrible week. You just know people like that. Their feet hit the floor and they're like, oh, it's a Monday. Yeah, man, you got seven more days. Go get it. Grind, buddy. The dream is fury, hustle, cost. Right? Put your feet on the ground with an attitude of victory, not victims. Man, my, my marriage in the dumps, there's, there's no way I can fix it. Yeah, if that's what you're looking for, you're probably right. Look, look at how you can. Think about life, right? Your li- life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And here's the thing, we constantly fight, do you think and believe 
about God's truth to you or Satan's lies about you. I'm going to ask again because I want you to really think about it. Your daily thoughts, and we all have them, man, our mind never stops. Are you thinking about God's truth to you or Satan's lies about you? God has already written truths about or to you. He wrote a whole book of truths to us, and Satan speak lies about us. Let me ask you another question and answer it honestly, not to your neighbor, because that would be awkward, because some of you are sitting next to your spouse. Um, if your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you excited about where your life is headed? If our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, are you excited about the direction your life is moving? Our thoughts are so powerful. I want to tell you a story of a, of a little boy. This boy on New Year's Eve, they would watch Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's Eve show before it was turned over. You know what I'm saying? Back when Dick Clark was the man, right? His family would watch this. Again, you're getting up there in age if you remember those rockin' New Year's Eve shows, okay? All right? Oh, they would sit around the TV as a family, and they'd watch Dick Clark, and they'd do the whole thing. Ah, three, two, one. And one year, he said, you know what? I want to be the next Dick Clark. So over the next few weeks and months, this little boy, I'm talking like seven, eight years old, made a list of things he would have to do. By the way, don't, don't squander kids' dreams. Believe in kids because guess what? Listen, this is hard, parents. I'm in, I'm in the boat with you. Your kid's life moves in the direction of their strongest thought. You plant the thought. So this kid, that was extra credit, this kid, that's why we have VC kids and we believe in VC kids, right? This kid makes a checklist of all the things he would have to do to be the next Dick Clark. Over the next few years, 10 years, he does some of them, some of them he doesn't, but we now know him as Ryan Seacrest. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. Ryan Seacrest, one day as a kid, made a thought he'd like to be the next Dick Clark. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. Where's your thoughts directing your life? There's two things I want to help us in our thoughts, and, and I'll be quick in these. The, the first thing, so powerful, identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. Maybe you have five. Maybe you have 10. Maybe you have 55. I don't know. But what's the number one? Like this lie constantly holds me back. This lie is the one that is the wall I constantly come up against. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be as good as. You'll always be overwhelmed. You'll always be stressed out. You'll always be out of shape. You'll always be this. You'll never be that. You can't. You always. What, what is your number one lie? Your number one. You can't trust people. They've hurt you. You'll never be back where you were because of your failure. Come on, that's a lie. God's grace doesn't take us back where we were. You're right, it takes us better because when he fixes us, we're better than we ever were. That's a lie. You'll never, because, because of what you did, God can't use you again. I don't find that in the scripture. Because of what you did, God will never use you. I don't, I don't, I don't see that. What is your number one prison of lies that you leave in. And then here's what I tell you, what you feed grows. What you feed grows. And when we go back to that lie often, it becomes a default thought about ourselves. In fact, I did some studying and there's these things in our brain called neural pathways. I'm going to get smart on you guys. You ready? 
You thought I was just jokes and good looks. Well, at least jokes, all right? It's not. I got a couple things more than that for you today. We have these neural pathways that when we think a thought, it creates a pathway. When we rethink it, it becomes a, a, like a river. It just flows and it becomes a default thought. It's almost like water cutting rock becoming a river. So when something happens, it becomes our default reaction, our default thought. So you see something on TV, your default thought is a neural pathway. Why does this matter? Because our thoughts, much like that water, cuts the rock of God's truth and separates it a little bit. So we have this default thought. You see, you come home from work, you're tired, you're a little cranky because you had some traffic on, on the way home, right? You open the door, things are flying, kids are crying. You ready to yell? Because it's a default pathway, it's a default reaction. We need to change. We need to change our pathway and create a positive pathway. Some of us, we walk in that door, we need to count to like 10. Some of us maybe to like 100. Some of us, we just gonna keep counting until our kids turn 18, y'all. Just keep counting, yo. One, two, you need to back up and just count, like continuous. Just, you'll see how high you can get. Just keep on counting, right? Because that, that's your sanity. Right? You, you, you show up at work and everybody's stirring up work drama. And you just jump in and you stir up the work drama because it's what you do. People complaining about the boss. You complaining about the boss because it's what you do. We have to rewire our neural pathways for positivity, for life-giving. That's why the Bible says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. We have to take captive our thoughts or our thoughts will take us captive. I'm gonna say it again because I want, you to, I want you to hear it. We have to take our thoughts captive or they will take us captive. We do it by renewing our mind, by rewiring these pathways. So when it's like, hey, that's just who you are. Mm, no, 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 it's not who I am. But see, how do we then do that if we have our number one lie that holds us captive the second thing we have to then do is name the truth that demolishes your stronghold. Because it is by truth <laughs> that we are set free. If we have a thought that holds us captive, we have a truth that sets us free. And feelings won't set you free, by the way. Come on, where are my feelers at? We like to feel good about everything. Oh, isn't it nice? Your feelings won't set you free, his truth will. And there's a big difference. See, rarely, is the way to freedom super unknown, right? And when you think about things that hold people back, rarely is it lack of knowledge. We wanna feel it though, but that's not what it says. It doesn't say feelings will set you free. You can't wait until you feel it. You can't wait until it feels right. You can't wait for your feelings to give you the little goosebumps. Truth sets you free, and if you have a, a stronghold, if you have a fortified prison of deception that's holding you in, then you have to name the truth that breaks it down, that demolish. Remember, dynamite blows that joker up. What's gonna blow your, your lie up? What is it that's gonna demolish that thing so much it can't even be recognized? Because that's the mental picture I get when I get dynamite. I don't, I don't have like, oh, there's like, no, it's like gone, leveled. You ever go on YouTube and watch buildings blown, imploded with dynamite? That is some cool stuff. If I ever could do anything else, that maybe that would be an occupation for me. Just blow buildings up all day, right? But watch it. They're unrecognizable when they're on the ground. That is the picture you get of God's truth against Satan's lies. But what is the truth 
that demolishes your lie. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10.5 again. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Don't, whoa, y'all panicking because I got a sword. Calm down a little bit, right? So we take thought, we take every thought captive. Now captive means to hold at sword point, right? It doesn't mean like, hey, this is, come on, this is what I think we do with our thoughts sometimes. I'll come back to our sword in just a second because it's kind of fun. So, so Anthony is, is my lie that holds me captive, right? This is my stronghold. He is, he's always been telling me like, hey, you're not good enough. Why do you say that about me, bud? I thought we were friends, like we had something. We had a bromance, but you always tell me, okay. Right? Like, you're not good enough, and this is what we do. I'm gonna hold it down. It's not gonna affect me. No, what you're doing is you're flirting with Satan's lie in your life, thinking you're in charge when it's in charge. Come on, that's what we do. I'm gonna hold it down. I'm going to hold it down. No, it's holding you down. You think you're in control, but you know the moment your head hits the pillow, it's back in your mind. And when in reality, you've convinced yourself you're controlling it, it's really controlling you. But then we get next level, like, oh, I got to get it out of my life. I got to get it out of my life. So we do the push away. Get away from me, lie. But it yo-yos, it comes back. And we walk in freedom for a day or two, maybe a week. Maybe if we're really good, we'll go a month where we don't believe the lie. But then something happens. We're driving down the road. We get a phone call from that person that triggers us, and it's right back in our life. It's right back in our life because it yo-yos. We push it away as hard as we can. Like, no, I'm really going to push it this time. I'm not going to push you. You were right. (laughs) We're really going to push it this time. Ah, And we push as hard as we can. Like, yes, I'm free, but then it... It comes back. That's why the Bible gives us words that have pictures, because I'm a picture guy. You see, the Bible says doesn't push it away. Don't hold it down. It says hold it at sword point. See, this lie's never getting close to me again, because if it does, it's going to die. See, this lie has no authority over me, because if it does, I'm the one holding the offensive weapon. It's not. Somebody just walked in like, this dude's holding a sword to somebody's throat. What kind of church did I just walk into? Welcome to Venture Church, y'all. Don't laugh. laugh. (laughs) Anthony's like, don't laugh right now. You you thought about shaving lately? No. All right. Right? Hold it at at sword point, and this is important. See, but then the Bible talks about weapons we have. We have a helmet. We have a belt. We have a breastplate. And we have a sword. See, we want to feel our way out of the prison of deception. Why God wants us to read our way out of a prison of deception. His word is the only tool you have to take captive and demolish, literally blow that joker up of the deception that Satan plants in our hearts and our mind. Your freedom is not found in your feeling, it's found in his truth. So when he says, you're supposed to hold it at sword point, you ain't coming near me anymore. You can tell me I'm not good enough, but God's word says I am more than enough. You can tell me that I'll always be a victim, but God's word says I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You can tell me that my failures, but God speaks to me about his grace because I am not bound by your lies anymore. 
You're supposed to hold it at sword point. All the kids are going to want to be in VC now because we hold people at sword point. It's like pirates up in here. But it's a mental picture, guys. We play with Satan's lies all the time. We, we push them away. We flirt with them. But our freedom is found when we pick up the word of God. Listen to me. This is what happens. I've been in church a long time. Man, you can hit the keys. We're good. I've been in church a long time where, here, take the sword so I don't hit somebody with it. I've been in church a long time. All of a sudden, I didn't feel it. You know what I don't do? I don't go home and read my Bible. In fact, my Bible collects dust. And I sit and I think about the lies that hold me captive. And then what happens is the shame, because I'm bound by lies and I'm not reading my Bible, the shame blocks me and where I can't get out. And I feel so captive. And then I come into a church like this one. Come on, somebody. And everybody's praising Jesus. And everybody looks free. So you know what I'll do? I'll be the hypocrite and I'll blend in. They're up there and we're free, free. No, I'm not free. I'm bound by this prison of deception. But because all of you are saying it, I'm going to say it too. But my heart's breaking because I don't know the freedom you are talking about. Because I've believed the lie that I'll never be good enough. I've believed the lie that you'll never be good enough. And here's the thing. Satan wants to, captive, to, to hold you captive with his lies because he wants to be in control of your purpose. Notice Satan's lies and deception almost always center around the things that God wants to do through you. See, the lie in my heart, the lie in my life, you'll never be a good pastor, you'll never be good enough. If I would have believed that, none of us are in this room today. None of us are here. Our worship leader, Chris, one of my favorite humans on planet Earth. People said the same thing about him. Are you kidding? He's ridiculous. He's amazing. If he would believe the lie, he wouldn't be here today. If you hadn't believed the deception and the lie in your life, what would be different today? What would life look like a year from now if you lived in true freedom and you controlled the thoughts and your life was moving in the direction of your strongest thought and that thought was founded on a relationship with Christ giving you freedom? What, what would be different? See, your purpose is unlocked when we walk in freedom. The biggest question that people have in America today is what on earth am I here for? Why do I even exist? The reason they ask that question, I'm going to tell you. Because there's a prison of lies in their heart that their failures dictate their future. That they will never be good enough. You see, we fantasize about the people on TV and how successful they are and what it would be like to win the lottery. Maybe that's when my purpose would be unlocked. No, you would still have the prison. It'd just be a fancy prison. But you still got the prison of lies. Holding your purpose back because your purpose is only uncovered when the, th the prison of lies is demolished. That only happens when it's founded in the freedom of Christ. It is for freedom that he set us free. Coming to church doesn't do that. Accepting him and thinking his truths does that. 
If you do me a favor today and bow your heads and close your eyes, not as a, a religious symbol, but just to, just to block out the thoughts, I really want you to think. Man, what lies have I wrestled with for years? Maybe some of you, much like me, it's been your whole life. Your whole life. Maybe you haven't even told your spouse or your mom or your dad or anybody. But in the deepest part of your soul, you struggle so much. Maybe you, much like me, don't feel adequate. You don't feel good enough. You'll never be good enough. Maybe you've had a real bad failure somewhere in your past and every time you think you're going to get past it, there it is again. And you're like, man, I'm never going to get over it. Maybe everyone in the world around you thinks you have it all together, but inside you it's all falling apart. And you can't tell anybody because you're locked in the prison of deception. Today, I just want to offer you true freedom. You say, what does that look like? True freedom is only found in, in an authentic, real relationship with Jesus. Notice I didn't say religion. I believe so much in a real God that really loves you. And that love, that's why he set us free. And if right now, I don't care if this is your first time in this room or you've been here every week, you go, man, I don't have an authentic relationship with God. I've, I've done religion. Man, I've done that. Religion doesn't set anybody free. You need a real relationship with God. If you're right, right now, you know you don't have that. Maybe you thought you did at one point. Maybe you never did. But you know you don't have a relationship with God. I promise I will not embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. There's no one looking around. It's just me and you. Do me a favor. Shoot your hand up real high so I can see it. I just want to pray with you. Man, I, I want to know that I have a relationship with God. I want to know that I have that. I need that, man. I've been locked in a deception, man. I've been locked in this prison. My mind goes nuts all the time. Yeah, thank you so much. Anybody else? Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. I need, I need, I need that. I'm just going to pray with you today. You can go ahead and put your hand down. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask all my friends to pray with me this morning. If you have a relationship with God or if you raised your hand, let's just, let's pray this. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you so much for my freedom. Your grace, so free, covers all my sin. Today, I accept you and your love. Thank you in your name. Amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate. At least two, three people just received Christ. Do me a favor, stand up to your feet. We're gonna close this service out in a moment of worship. Here's what I ask. This is so important. As believers in Jesus, as people that come to church, as people that exercise our faith, here's what happens. So often we make this about people that don't know. But we believe lies. We let Satan speak lies into our life, convince us things. And here's, here's what I want to tell you about that. As we get locked in a prison, we feel very alone. 
I'm going to encourage you. Let someone pray with you today. We have some friends on each side of this auditorium. Man, they'd love to pray with you. You go, man, I'm just struggling. I don't feel good enough. I'm just struggling. I, I don't know what my way out is. Would you pray with me? They would love to pray with you. So God, as we worship, continue to speak to our hearts, continue to move in our lives. In your name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.